Welcome along to episode eight of Vet Together. Coming up on today's show, we're talking all about how to best feed your pets and disability rights campaigner Samantha Rank shares with us her journey to becoming a cat mum. This podcast is sponsored by Zilkeen, a calming supplement made with a natural ingredient for cats and dogs. Zilkeen can help your pet cope during stressful situations such as separation, loud noises and changes to their routine. Speak to your vet today for more information. Well, welcome along to another episode of Vet Together. And uh, I don't know about you, but the dark nights are definitely drawing in where we are. It's winter, all of the challenges that that brings. However, there has been one very exciting development, one very romantic development in our house. Uh, well, not in our house, actually, in our field. Um, I, actually, this is starting to sound really <laughs> quite bizarre. Shall I start again? Uh, basically, we have put the ram back in with the use. Bond, the ram, has gone back to his ladies. Uh, and it's very exciting. So hopefully in about five and a half months time or so, we should have some lambs to be talking about. But in the meantime, that boy has got some serious sheep moves because honestly, in about, well, I'm not joking, probably about 12 hours of being in that field, of our 10 ewes, six had fallen for Bond's charm and wit, shall we say, under starlight. Uh, thank you for all of your messages. Uh, we've had loads this week, actually, from everybody on Instagram and email. Don't forget, you can get in touch on vettogetherofficial at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at vettogetherofficial. But the first question that we've had from Instagram is all about, uh-oh, food and raw feeding. Okay, let's go there. So the question is, I know there are mixed, ev- I know there's mixed evidence, but would you be happy to share your opinions on raw diets? Okay, buckle up folks. Are you ready? How and what we feed our pets is such a hot topic. Um, so much so that if you go on online forums, if you go on Facebook or websites, you know, you will see really quite heated debate over what is the best food for our pets. Now, my take on all of this is that actually, I think we forget that every dog is individual and everybody's circumstances is individual as well. Yes, I have seen dogs thrive on raw food. I am not anti-raw. It needs to be done properly, but I, but I have seen some really great results. But I've also seen really great results with kibble food, with dehydrated food, with air-dried food, with tinned food. There are so many different ways now of feeding our pets that my normal kind of approach to this is to say, don't necessarily worry so much about looking for, you know, what is the best food in all of the food available. And instead, I would just say, make sure that whatever you do choose does no harm. Now, I know that sounds a bit weird, but basically any unbalanced diet, whether that's a raw food or a dry food or a tin food, if that food is not balanced nutritionally to meet the demands of your dog or your pet, it's not going to be a good food, regardless of what type of food it is. A dry food of very low quality is an awful food. A dry food of very high quality with high meat content is a really good food. Raw food that is based purely on feeding all meat and no balance, no nutrition around that is not a good food. I've seen kittens come in with fractured legs because all they've been fed is pure chicken breast that a breeder has told them is the right thing to do. Uh, with pathological fractures, you know, any type of food, if it's not balanced, is going to do harm. So overall, I think you are completely right. The studies are a bit limited. You know, a lot of, uh, in fairness, a lot of these newer foods that we're seeing are much, much smaller brands than some of the bigger brands that are making the dry food that we all kind of recognize. Um, 
But I think that has to be taken into context as well with some of the claims that they are making, that they are so, so much better than dry food. I think we need to sort of just maybe slow down a bit on this kind of stigmatization of dry foods because there is a variation in quality. And I think if if people are feeding a dry food, that's nothing to feel guilty about. Just feed the best quality food you can within your budget. And I think my overall take home message would be whatever you do choose, just make sure that it is complete and balanced. And that is my take on feeding our pets. <laughs> Gosh, the other thing I would say on this is actually vets are unfortunately starting to really come up against some pretty nasty comments on social media. There is this kind of almost trolling around pet food um, that people seem to think that we are just in some sort of, I don't know, like some sort of conspiracy theory or something. It's, it's bizarre. I mean, vets, we are scientists. We look for data. We look for proof that something is going to be a proven benefit to your pet. And it is as simple as that. You know, we, we want to give you the best scientific advice. Unfortunately, there are studies that show that raw feeding can actually be quite dangerous, not only for your pets, but also for you at home, you know, in terms of cross-contamination or in terms of harmful bacteria found in the feces that can spread to people. You know, it's very difficult as vets to stand in front of you in a consulting room and say, this is an option, but it could actually be quite dangerous. You know, there's no need for to feed a food that is going to be of risk to our pets. You know, that that's the counter argument to all of this fizzy, very kind of, you know, emotive language that you will read on Facebook forums and on social media. Okay, so in conclusion, what I would say is that there are lots of different ways of feeding our pets. You just have to find the right food that fits your pet as an individual. Uh, so always look for the words complete and balanced on the packaging of any food that you choose, regardless of what type of food it is. And a lot of foods will have a veterinary team behind the scenes. So whether that's raw, whether it's air dried or, or dry, whatever it is, there's normally a veterinary nutritionist team that you can call up or call the customer helpline and, and give you some good advice on it. And then you can work out what you think might work best for you and your pet. There you go. Right, let's park pet food there for a second and we'll just all take a moment to digest all of that. Um, and in the meantime, let's introduce our guest. Now, Samantha Rank is not only a very good friend of mine, but she is probably one of the world's most recognised and influential campaigners when it comes to disability rights. And this is Disability History Month. And I really wanted to get her on the show because not only is she a, an incredible campaigner, but she is also an avid animal lover. Owning a pet for a lot of us, especially recently with lockdown, has been a real source of comfort. And talking with Samantha was just brilliant. It was a really informative chat, not only around all of her campaigning, but also her journey to becoming one of the world's most devoted cat mums. So sit back, enjoy. And this is my chat with Samantha Rank. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Samantha Rank. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you, my darling? Oh, I'm really well. It's so good to see you. I have to say, I can't actually see you because we've had to turn video off, but it's very nice to hear <laughs> And uh, this is our second time round because our first time, unfortunately, technical glitches got in the way. Um, yeah, was it technical or was it you that made a bit of a mistake? Or... Well, the most ironic... Am I blaming you? I'm blaming you. Blame me completely. So, right, we've got so much to catch up on. Um, we do. Oh, my goodness. There is so much. But we, I mean, this is obviously Vet Together. This is all about animals. So today I just really want to go into that relationship that you have. I know you're a massive, massive animal fan. Um, so why don't you, do you want to maybe just introduce yourself and tell us 
a little bit about your two gorgeous uh, kitties. <laughs> Yes, so um, my name is Samantha. I'm an actress, broadcaster and disability rights campaigner. A lot of people um, will recognise me from a very famous chocolate commercial, the Maltesers commercial. Um, and But I do other things in there. I do pop up on telly quite a lot, but um, people just seem to care about chocolate, which is fine by me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... I my passion really is activism and creating a more equal uh, world for people with disabilities because unfortunately you know as a minority group we are definitely at the bottom of the pecking order when it comes to engaging with us and creating a more inclusive um, world so um, yeah I definitely use my uh, platform for that and, uh, and a lot of that encompasses like animals and my journey with animals and and how integral like you know the relationship between humans and animals is you know with with things like mental health and I think I think that's where I'm coming from with my my t- I've got two lovely sphinx cats and last time we spoke I only had one sphinx cat so we've definitely got a lot oh, to talk that, about so much because I mean we've we've met a few times now um and every time what I just love about it is, is that, you know, like you say there, in terms of people's restroom with pets, the first thing that we started speaking about was straight away, straight onto the cats. And it's just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no, we're going to come on to all of that because that's, that's exactly why I wanted to get you on because I know, I know that you are so passionate in, in so many areas from, from, you know, like you say about the disability campaigning all the way through to just animal welfare and that bond that we have with our pets. So Tell, you mentioned there, just quickly, the Sphinx. I mean, obviously, I've, I've met Lola. I'm yet to meet number two. I know it was a big decision whether to bring, bring another yeah. cat into, into your life. Um, and I'm so pleased you have. And it sounds as though you've just done an amazing job at introducing them to you. Um, but what is it about the Sphinx that you, that you love so much? Yeah, so I've always been brought up with animals. My father, um, he was severely dyslexic and... Um, he quit school, he dropped out of school when he was 14 and he actually became a jockey um, and that then uh, led him on to working with animals, well, predominantly horses, um, on on, fil- on film sets. So he worked on um, one of the original Black Beauties. So I've always been brought up with, you know, this love of animals. And I was born with a condition called brutal bones, so I break my bones very easily. Mm. Um, I've had over 200 broken bones in my, in my lifetime and as a child that was really quite severe so um it kind of slows down as you get you know when you're when you're in your 20s um so touch wood I'm touching the table right now you know so as a child I spent a lot of time in hospitals spent a lot of time on bed rest and my dad got me a Labrador Tessa and you know we became best friends and I think I actually very random and this is me totally dropping names but I got to work with uh lovely Katie Price on her TV show oh, yeah. and we were chat we were chatting about mental health and you know how I can feel quite isolated and lonely um in London just because you know the world is quite disabling you know just in general just access isn't that great and I spend a lot of time at home I mean I'm freelance um and I just I uh, yeah I felt a bit lonely um yeah. and she said to me she went do you know what um we've got a sphinx cat 
and I would definitely advise you getting one of them. I am a wheelchair user. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't be able to take a dog physically out for a walk, but, you know, looking at the pavements around my house, it's I've got a power chair and a manual one, and even taking my power chair out is just a nightmare in London. So she said to me, she went, they're highly intelligent, which they are, yeah. um, and they, they be, they're a little bit like a, a, a mix in between a cat dog, like a cat dog. And, <laughs> cat dogs, and, like, a cat dog. And do you know what I love about it is, I know this sounds like really out there, but they're a genetic mutation and I'm a genetic mutation. Oh. <laughs> like, <that> <laughs> no, but that's true. Like my, you know, I am a fluke. Um, my, I have got a genetic disorder um, and it, that's because of, of, of a mutation within the genome. And that's exactly what sphinxes are, but they've adapted to their environment. And that's what people with disabilities do. You know, we don't, we don't overcome our disability because there's nothing to overcome. Mm. You know, my disability is something I'm very proud of, you know, mm. um, but I've definitely adapted. And that's what I love about sphinxes. You know, a lot of people kind of go, oh, they're disgusting, they're ugly. And I'm sure a lot of people look at disability in that way. And I kind of, that's what I love about these animals. So um, Lola is a lavender um at sphinx so she kind of looks like a dark dark um brown with cream patches but but bruno is what you typically think of a sphinx so you know like a a, a raw chicken he looks like oh. that basically when he's curled up um i was going to say something else because a lot of people call him something else and i'm not going to use oh, that but no, it's a bit that's you sent um, me a picture of however, that as well i know right um, however um he has got the most bluest eyes that if I take a photo of him and the the sun is catching his eyes it literally looks like a galaxy like oh he's coming now to come and jump on my on my laptop he likes doing that and mommy's here do you want to be part of the podcast he's gonna he's jumping on the yeah there there he is straight on (laughs) thank you come here oh can you hear him (laughs) yeah I can hear him tapping away on the keyboard (laughs) you know she definitely helped me with my mental health I mean she, for, for starters, well, yeah. What, what I wanted to, what I wanted to talk about, you touched it, you touched upon it there a little bit in terms of, you know, your disability is not something to overcome as such. And I, and I, I you know, your Instagram is incredible. There is there, it's so insightful, and there is just so much on there. I'd really encourage everyone to to go on, go on. Oh, and thank you. you. Um, but one thing you talk about is the social model of disability. Mm. Um, and that, I thought, you know, that does link back quite nicely to, to the decision making around getting your pet. Do you want to just explain a little bit about what, what that is to people that may not have heard it before? Yeah, so basically the social model is a theory that says that um, disability is something that's socially constructed. So of course, I've got brittle bones. That's my condition. That's my impairment. You can stick me anywhere. So you can put me on the moon. You can put me in Barbados, wherever. I will always have brittle bones. Okay, that will be my impairment. But depending on my environment and my and the the social construct, um, that's when I become disabled um so negative attitudes physical barriers so I live in central London I've got an adapted apartment so what does that look like my front door is automatic which is really great when you come home drunk you just press the button um, <laughs> which we've done yeah, <laughs> winning, winning yeah we have actually you, you, you owe me you owe me drink you owe me booze um <laughs> we'll say that for another podcast um uh, you know my, win- my windows are automatic I've got a wet room um, 
um, my um, kitchen, the, the, the cooker is on hydraulics so it can go up and down. So essentially in my own environment, um, I'm fully... I'm, I'm fully independent, you know, yes. I, I, yes. I, I've got my own autonomy over my life. But as soon as I exit my building, and as I said before, you know, there's not a drop curb, so I can't actually get down the pavement, that's when I become disabled. Um, so, and I really uh, relate to the social model of disability. Of course, um, you know, if I fracture a bone, um, that's nothing to do with the social model, that's still pretty crap, you know what I mean? And that's yeah, all... Yeah means that you know I'm limited in some ways you know until that bone is healed but on the whole you know my just I'm only disabled because of of these these social barriers external influences yeah yeah and, did that, and so did that do you think that was quite a big part to play in terms of when you started to think about bringing a pet into your life you know you've, you're obviously yeah. at home you know you've got those those things around you did that did yeah did, would, is that part of why maybe a cat fitted in better than a dog would? Yeah, I think there's always there's always this kind of internalized, as we, we call it, internalized ableism, where sometimes I, you know, people project their stereotypical views onto me, and I know a lot of people. First of all, a lot of people don't think I should even have children, you know, um, because they don't know how someone like myself would be able to cope. And I, you know, and I kind of started panicking about even having an animal like would I be able to cope with an animal uh you know what if I do fracture an arm how will I you know be able to manage that so so for me I really thought you know like it wasn't an easy like I'm gonna get an animal and that's it you know I really had to think about it it couldn't just be for selfish reasons even though you know Lola brings so much to my to my world um so I, there was a lot to think about, and I think it was a massive, you know, it was a massive decision for you to bring Lola. It really was. It really was. Um, and and you know there was a lot of things that I had to kind of think. Oh my god, how am I going to do that? So so for me, for example, um, okay. the cat litter. Um, can I just say, having two cats, I'm now really sick to death of cat poo. Um, <laughs> so, honestly, like I can't even bring like anyone back to that but that's another story so you know the, the cat the cat litter I was like how am I going to cope with that so I got a, a like a pooper scooper but it was like long so I could use it you know like a shovel yeah, so, yeah. so just I just thought outside of the box a little bit as I do anyway as a disabled woman mm-hmm. yeah. um so it's just about thinking differently um not in a conventional way and I would say that my both my babies are probably the most spoiled sphinxes uh, in the world. It's for me. I would not want anyone with a disability to be deterred, or for anyone to tell them that they wouldn't be able to cope um, with having a, 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 an animal. Because there's definitely ways of getting around it. You just need to believe that you can do it, and also yeah. know that you know animals, as long as they have you know the basic needs filled it and so much love then you know you you're kind of on the right track anyway yeah. have you got have you got kind of any tips for people that might be at that position where you were taking that big leap forward to think okay I think I might be able to bring a pet into my life but I'm just not sure how did you did you kind of go through a, a process of thinking yeah. about it I think I think be realistic and you know they are a lot of work 
Um, you know, they need stimulating, particularly because of their intelligence. I mean, any animal needs stimulation. But I think, you know, when you've got an animal that's quite advanced, I mean, Lola, Lola her vocabulary, Lola, like she understands so many words, it's quite scary. <laughs> yeah. So going back to your question, I think be realistic. Understand that, you know, it is going to take a lot of your time. And if you if you don't have that time, um, then it's probably not going to be the best. Because particularly for me... You know, I am, I mean, we're in a pandemic, so things are different anyway. A lot more mm. people are spending time at home. But for me, I, you know, because of my disability, I do work at home. So I, we are constantly around one another. So, you, you know, there's going to be times where they want to play and you might not have that energy. So I think, you know, think about if you if you don't have the time or you maybe you're, you know, in pain, et cetera, mm-hmm. or you're fatigued, um you know uh, make sure that they've got things like interactive toys like toys are a big a big thing for me um yeah. it can and that can and that can be costly so i think you have to be realistic about these extra overheads you know and and have a contingency plan so who if you get rushed into hospital um uh, you know who's going to be maybe there to to take care of them yeah. you know have you yeah. got I've got that in place so I, and I, I think the pet so, as well because I was thinking yeah. you know, you're right but also you know if, if you're suddenly in an emergency and you need to get to the vets ASAP which let's be honest pets yeah. are unpredictable and I've got people in place to assist me to do things like that or even just start googling what which vets are accessible the mm. vet that's closest to me wasn't isn't even accessible you mm. know so I think do your research do you do do deal deal I can't say the word due diligence <laughs> um they are a lot of they are a lot of work and they they deserve the attention that they need so don't kind of be too impulsive really think it through and go well you know you've got to be quite you've got to be quite yeah. self-critical with it I think haven't you you've got to sort of uh, which yeah. is the same for any pet you know it, it's it's no different to anybody deciding it's such a big responsibility to bring a pet into your life um but I think you've got the added the added sort of angle there I think what's so amazing is is that you are an absolute sort of proof that this is 100% possible and not only that it's you know you've got two of the happiest cats that I've ever met <laughs> so for those people out there that you know you said at the beginning have got you you've you know some people might think it's it's not right that you've got pets I will 100,000 million percent put hands up and say this you are wrong this is those cats are so well looked after and that's why I think it's so important because having pets you know I mean I've obviously I'm surrounded by pets all day but they are such a massive part of my life. And I think that, so should, be, life, and that should be accessible to people. You know, we've already talked a bit about how how much of a huge influence they can be a benefit on our mental health mm-hmm. from the companionship. And I do think that that should be made much more accessible without the fear of judgment. So I, I, I that's why I'm so passionate to get you on. Um, for those people that maybe have done the soul searching and decide that this isn't for them for whatever reason, how have you got sort of some ideas on how they might be able to get a bit of a a fix a bit of a nature fix or yeah for me to get another uh cat um the decision came because even though sphinx cats are very intelligent they actually they hate being on their own like they they are joined at the hip with you and the decision to get another cat even though i knew it was going to be more work for me it was more for for lola you know um i know that we spoke because you know not all cats get along mm. um uh, and even even that i had a contingency plan if bruno and her 
uh, didn't get along, you know, I actually had a really great forever home for him to go to. So I, I had all that in place. So at first, I didn't even think about getting another cat. It wasn't on the cards. Um, so I actually uh, sponsored a cat. So from Cat Protection. Oh, so I sponsored a cat, you know, it's around £6 a month. Um, obviously, I, I appreciate not everyone can can have that. But what was great is you can actually go online and you can kind of watch, not in a creepy way, um, but actually watch, watch the cats in their pens. So I thought that was just really, really nice if you physically can't you know um um you know have an animal for whatever reason you know there are definitely ways of doing that and also instagram my goodness me instagram i i've got an instagram for lola and bruno now and i just if i'm having a really blue day i don't even go on my personal instagram i just stay on theirs because it's all about cats it definitely it definitely lifts your mood the same as if I've not slept very well because I've been in pain and then Lola comes and jumps on me as long as it's not my bad leg. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and she starts purring. Just even hearing her purring uh, brightens oh, my up my mood. Yeah, and I've learned yeah. as well. So so one of the, um, one of the kind of uh, techniques that has been explored um, within the uh, community for people with brutal bones is like vibrating tectonic kind of these like, uh, plates like these metal okay. plates because the vibrations can actually increase bone density and i actually googled about cat vibrations of their purring and how that can actually have healing properties so mm. i'm you know purely again for selfish reasons i now need another like five cats just so <laughs> that i can have them all lying like, on top of you purring away <laughs> purring all around me and where can people find you if they want to come and follow you and follow your adventures with Bruno and Lola and of all of course. Your- so my um all my social media handles are at Samantha Rank. That's a silent E, so R-E-N-K-E. And I've got my um official website, which will be launching very, very soon. So it's Samantha Rank uh official uh dot com i think it is oh my goodness i better check that oh brilliant. <laughs> it's so nice to catch up and uh oh no you too thank you okay give your two lovely kittens a massive hug from us and we'll catch you i up. will all right take care bye bye And on that note, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you again so much for listening, for tuning in and for all of your support. Please do get in touch. I love hearing from you on email or Instagram. Join me next time for the very last episode of this series where I'll be joined by the nation's favourite doctor, Dr. Rand. So please do tune in, join us then and we will chat again very, very soon.